Good morning. Today's daf is daf zayin. Um, today's shir is le'ilunishmas chayim tzvi ben shlomo meyer shifre shulamit bas hersh leib hakohen and Yehoshua yitzchak ben shaul ruvain halevi. May the neshamas have an aliyah and may the memory be a blessing. It's also for a fuah shleima of. Um, sorry. Olivia Shire Basashira, may she have a complete and speedy recovery. Um, okay, so we were up to the sixth last line of Vovamud Bays. So we remember we were discussing, um, and we continue our discussion of rain. Yesterday's daf was uh, largely to do with what sort of rain is considered significant enough that it's not v'otzar, that the, the curse in Shema, that if we're not following Hashem's will, the rain, uh, um, we won't have rain. So, Om Rabbi Yavu says, from when do we say the brach on rain? So, from when the, bra- the groom goes to meet the, chal- the kala. I when Rashi explains, when there's enough water that when it drips down, you see it, it looks like it drips up to meet the, the, the upper drop. Again, interesting enough, here again we see this connection, uh, the, the rain and the earth, a husband and a wife. Um, this, uh, this, uh, this metaphor, which, as I said, obviously requires a lot more thinking and deeper, but it shows how it's, it's built into the nature, the significance, um, etc., um, so he says, When the groom goes out to meet the bride, when the drops bounce up and it looks like the raindrops are, the bottom is jumping up to meet the raindrops. What brochet do you say? We thank you for every single drop that you that makes that you may come down for us. Rabbi Yochanan Mesaimbor, Hachi Rabbi Yochanan would conclude the brach as follows. If our mouths were as um, wide as the sea, and uh, our tongue could rejoice like waves, etc., we still would not be able to praise you sufficiently. So he says all this praise very similar to Nishmas that we say on Shabbos um, in the Pesukah Zimra towards the end. That Nishmas, very similar to that, you end off like that. And then Baruch Rav HaOdoos. Blessed are you of most thanks. So Rav HaOdoos for Lakolodos. What do you mean you're only thanking Hashem? Well, mostly thank you Hashem, but not completely. Um, so Omar Rav Rav says, Eimakel HaOdoos. No, you should say God of thanks. I, the one who's deserving all thanks. Omar Rav Papa. Hilkach Nimrinu Latavaira Papa says, therefore we should say both of them. Kelaados for Rovados, both God of thanks and of many thanks. Rashi explains, so you would say it as you would conclude the Bracha Baruchat Hashem, Berovados, Vekelhados, and the connotation would be who's deserving of so many thanks, um, and God of of deserving of all thanks. I was thinking that maybe the idea here is that. The more we analyze, Rob, I was thinking, we seem to say, Rob is suggested of most thanks. 
as a good solution. So how is Rav? Doesn't it does sound like you're undermining Hashem of most thanks, but not of all thanks. So I did hear one idea. I'm not entirely happy with it, but the one was that you thank Hashem for being. Um, because you have to be aware, we, obviously we have to thank Hashem, but we also have to thank people. Even though everything that happens to you stems from Hashem, and you're thanking Hashem for everything, you also have to thank and show gratitude and akhor satov to those who do help you in your life. So that's why you're also thanking other people, other entities, and not only Hashem. That's why it's rov hahotoos. But I was thinking there's a better pshat, and that fits in even better with the conclusion, is that we're... Is, you know, we're aware that we have to thank Hashem for everything. The, but we also have to be aware that we don't realize how much we have to thank Hashem for. I mean, if you, the more we, if you would sit and think about it today for a few minutes, how much do I, am I grateful for? How much do I have to be grateful for? You would come up with a very long, good list. When you think about it, but then tomorrow you do the same exercise again, you'd be able to fill up even more pages of what you have to be grateful for and every single detail and every specific and every aspect from our eyesight to our fingers to our opposable every single um, part of our life that's just our body but every as we go through life we just have to thank us we realize how much more and more so i think that's we realize how much more and how much more we have to thank hashem and kelados who's the god of ultimate thanks and so that's uh, that's the idea. Interesting enough, we don't say this bracha, so Shulchan Aruch addresses it. It says, interest, Shulchan Aruch says, where there's like a drought, or there was pressure from no rain, sorrow from no rain, and then rain comes, you say this bracha. Ramor says, but in our country, he's, um, then where it kind of rains throughout the year, we never really experience this need for rain, and therefore we don't say the bracha, which would imply that in Eretz Yisrael, where often they do feel the need for rain, when it starts to rain, they would say this bracha. Okay, Omar Godol This, yeah, I should have mentioned at the beginning. I don't know why, but this is one of my favorite dafim um, that I that I remember offhand. So he says uh, there are there are a lot of favorites, but this is one of the. Um, and every, every death is special, but for me, this is one that I relate to easily. Uh, well, yeah, that I, that I just enjoy a lot. So, The dead rains is greater than is only for tzadikim, but rain brings life to the tzadikim, but rain brings life to the whole world. Interesting. It's a, in a way, it's an even greater dimension of Hashem's chesed. Then not only is he helping and supporting and giving life to Tzadikim, like in Tchiyas Amaisim, it's even for the Rishon. Upligat Rav Yosef. But this is actually all here on Rav Yosef. Omar Rav Yosef, Mitoshi Ishkulat to Tchiyas Amaisim, Kavod be Tchiyas Amaisim. Rav Yosef said it's equivalent to Tchiyas Amaisim, and that's why we mention rain in the Barocha of Tchiyas Amaisim. Again, you can remember, where do we say Mashiva Rochum Rida Goshem? In, in uh, the Barocha of Tchiyas Amaisim. But again, so the Machlokes, is it greater or is it equal? I mean, quite a, you would never, if I would have asked you beforehand, how would you rank rain in the miracles and compare it to Tchias Amesim, uh, our natural thing would be to put it quite low down. But comes along the Gemara and the Machloka says, is it equal to or is it even greater then? Come then, Omar Yehuda, rain to the world is as great as the day that the Torah was given. Um, it might, Mati, yo, it will drip down like rain. Says the ain lekach ela Torah. Lekach refers to Torah. Shenemarki lekach tov nasati lochem Torosi atazevu. I've given you a wonderful lekach. Don't forsake the Torah. The Torah is the lekach, um, and so therefore 
This pasuk is saying, Yarof Torah should come like is like a day of rain. Um, Rova Omar Rova says, Again, it's greater than the day that the Torah was given. Logically, before you read it inside, logically, if I want to say something's amazing, I try to say it's so amazing, it's like this even more amazing thing. Like I want to say, uh, this is um, I enjoy. Um, I enjoy X almost or as much as I enjoy Y. But Y is obviously the greater, the greater one. You hang the smaller one on the bigger one. So Rav says, Shanem al says, Yarov My teaching should drip down like rain. Me nisle me. What's hanging on which one? Which one you comparing to the other? Oimer katan nisle It's the smaller to the bigger. Either Torah is compared to the rain. Either giving of the Torah is compared to the day the rain was given. So that's, we see it's even greater. Again, I think here, the giving of the, I'm not sure exactly, but I think here the two aspects. One is the giving of the Torah to Ben Israel was a huge chesed, again, like rain. It brings life to the world in the fact that we know that if not for the Torah, the world would be destroyed. And the rain has that same connection to the world. Rava Romixiv, Rava raised a contradiction. It says, My teaching drips down like rain. My teaching should flow like dew. So is it like rain or is it like dew? So we're going to point out that Yarov, we've been giving it positive connotations. It actually has negative connotations. It says, In Talmud Chochom Hogonhu, if he's a wild Talmud Chochom, Ketal. Then pursue him like rain, always go after you, like Jew, you always want you. The im love or folkamotor break him like rain. Or of, or of, we did, it does have the word of drip or like rain dripping, but it also has the connotations of oref and breaking something, like we'll see shortly, eglarufa, the breaking of the animal's neck. So if he's not a tamun chochom fitting, then you break him like a. Uh, like the, the rain, he should be broken like rain can be destructive and break things. Um, interesting, the Marsha gives a slightly more pleasant answer. Oref also refers to the back of the neck. So he's saying if he's a Tamud Hogun, face towards him. If he's a Tamud Chochom Hogun, if he's not a fitting Tamud Chochom, then turn your back on him. Not as harsh as Rashi's way of learning. Tanya Rebbe, Bano, Omer Rebbe, Bano says, Anyone who learns Torah Lishmo for its sake, we'll discuss shortly what that is, his Torah is like will be like a potion for life. It will and give life. Shneimar says, "It's chayim hilam achazikim bo." It is a tree of life for those who hold on to it. For Omer refers to It will be a cure for your navel, for all your insides. For Omer kimoitzo motzei chayim. One who finds Torah finds life. So that's we see that learning Torah lishmo brings life. For chala oisek, but Torah shelo lishmo naisis loisama moves. Anyone who learns Torah shelo lishmo for not for its sake or for other sakes. It becomes a poison, a sama moves. Shinemar says, Yarov Komotor Lichiva in Arifa Ella Harigash and Emma of Ofushomesa Egleba Nachal. It says, My teaching will break him. Um, or, yeah, originally we understood it, Yarov Komotor Lichiva, my teaching will drip like rain, but Arifa is like we say by the Egla Rufa, you'll break its neck. So the Torah will break someone who learns it Shalolishmo. Now, Tosses here ask very famous question, wait. So you're telling me if you learn Torah Shalolishmo, it is. Sorry, before we get there, what is Lishmo? So this, the Rashi here seems to say, someone who learns it as a mitzvah of Hashem. I'm not learning Torah for the intellectual stimulation. I'm not learning Torah because it's uh, 
for any other reason besides that it's a mitzvah of Hashem. The Rosh in the Torim, and this is how Nefesh Achayim, so this would be our almost our tradition in how to understand Torah Lishmo, says an amazing idea. It says, no, learning Torah Lishmo is learning the Torah to understand it better. And that's why a common misconception is people think, this is, again, I'm basing this on Nefesh Achayim, obviously it's a whole section and very worthwhile going into, but he says, there's this common misconception that Torah, that when we learn Torah, we must feel connected to Hashem. That's the point of Torah. The Torah is to connect us to Hashem. Now it is, that is a thing, what's called dveikus, the feeling of attachment to Hashem. But he says, no, that's not what Torah learning, Torah learning Lishmo is. Learning Torah Lishmo and all the wonderful levels we say learning Torah is learning to understand it better. And that doesn't matter whether you're discussing a civil de- a, a law in civil de- in a, a detail in civil law in Baba Kama or Baba Metzia, or you're learning about the holiest thing, a korban in Maseches Vochim, or you're learning about a brocha, whatever you're learning about, the idea is to try and understand it better, understand it better, understand it better. That is... Um, um, that's Torah Lishmo. Again, amazing idea. When you sit down, not, you don't always find it inspiring. Not every sugya brings joy to your heart. But to, to learn, to try and understand it, that's learning Torah Lishmo. Um, okay, so learning Torah Lishmo is wonderful. It's, it's Samachayim. Learning Torah Shalolishmo is poison to yourself. Tosos asks, but wait, it says that. We say elsewhere that if you learn Torah, you should always learn Torah Shalolishmo. Shalolishmo. If you start off with the wrong intentions, you'll hopefully come to learn it Lishmo. So how do we understand that? So Tosas give their answer. They say, no, there are different types of Lishmo. It depends the reason why you're learning Torah. If you're learning Torah just for honor or just for intellectual stimulation or something like that, okay, so hopefully you'll learn it for these ulterior motives and then you'll get to learn it for the right reasons. But if you learn it for a negative um, reason, for example, you're learning Torah so that you can argue with people or so that you can outsmart people. Or like we know that the Christians used to learn, the Christian priests used to actually in the Middle Ages used to learn Talmud so that they could debate the Jews on it. That sort of learning is always Shalolishma and that will be a poison. That's Tosus's way of learning. The Maral has a very interesting approach to this. He doesn't view them as contradictory. He says, no. He says, learning Torah Shalolishma is bad. But, le- but this that we say, rather learn Shalolishmo and hopefully you'll come to Lishmo, he says that's better than not learning at all. So almost there are three levels. There's the worst level is not learning Torah. And not good level, but better than that is learning Torah for the wrong reasons. And then obviously the ultimate is to learn Torah Lishmo. Okay. Karen Omalei Rebbe Yirmiyel Rebbe Zayre Leisimar Lishni, please... Please come teach us something. So Omar Cholosh Libi says, I'm too, uh, I'm too tired. Below Yachim, I'm not able to. He says, So tell us something of Agarita. Omar Lei Hachi Omar Rabbi Yochanan. This is what Rabbi Yochanan says. What do you mean that? Uh, I'm going to translate it how the Joshua wants you to translate it. Man is a field of the tree. Is a tree of the field. Is man really a tree? That doesn't sound like a very positive. It says, From it you shall eat for Oisalotikros. When it discusses this possible, it's discussing cutting down trees when you're laying siege to a city. So it says, From it you you shall eat from it, and therefore you shall not cut it down. But it also writes, Oisotashis for Horace. That sort of tree you can destroy and cut down. So how do you resolve it? Which 
what's the what's it referring to when it says that it sounds like there's a man that's like a tree of the field that you can cut down and one that you shouldn't? So Gemara says, okay, to him Tamud Chacham Hagun who Mimenotoichel. If he's a Tamud Chacham Hagun, then you can eat from him for Oisaloi Tilkras, and you shall not cut him down for Imlav Oisatashis. But if he's not a Tamud Chacham, that's appropriate. You can destroy the Korais and cut down. Now Tosas here asks an amazing question. He says, what about Rabbi Meir who learned from Acher? Rebbe Meir, we know, was one of the greatest Tanoim that we have in the Mishnah. The, the great Rebbe Meir. His Rebbe was Acher. Acher was Elisha ben Avuya, who was a phenomenal Talmud Chochom, and then for various reasons he changed and he became a proper, a, a complete heretic. And the Gemara discusses, Rebbe Meir used to be walking after um, his Rebbe Acher, this heretic, who was doing something that was also on Shabbos, and he would be asking him questions in Torah. So you see that Rabbi Meir clearly held that you could learn from a heretic. Phenomenal, phenomenal idea. I would not to spend more time on this, but just very briefly. Um, so Tosos here answer, he says, no. Rabbi Meir was already a Talmud Chacham. And therefore, he was able to, let's say, distill, analyze, or approach it maturely. Uh, in the correct way, what he learned from Elisha ben Avuya, therefore he could still take advantage of Elisha ben Avuya's wisdom. I mean, we see Elisha ben Avuya, again, that story when they were traveling on Shabbos, is mind because they were walking and Elisha ben Avuya, this heretic of note, says to Rebbe Meir, look, you can't go any further, here's the end of the trum. You know, he's helping Rebbe Meir, even though he doesn't believe in it at all. Um, so that's, uh, but again, so Rebbe Meir, who was a godal, can learn from him. But uh, people who aren't... Uh, Phenomenal, phenomenal. Tamirei Chachomim, like Rebbe Meir, should not learn from someone who's not appropriate to learn from. Okay, um, first medium line. Omer Rebbe Chama Chanina, or Omer Rebbe Chanina, Rebbe Chama Chanina said, My dear Siv, what does it mean when it's written? Sorry, Rebbe Chama, but Rebbe Chanina, Barzel, but Barzel Yachet. Iron sharpens iron. Loi Malachot, it's coming to teach you, my Barzel there. You use iron to sharpen iron, you know, like when you see the chefs, how they sharpen their knives by slicing them together. So the iron sharpens the iron. So there, to tell us, So to sharpen each other in Aloha. Lama nimshelu dibrei Torah ka'esh. Why are the words of Torah compared to fire? Shneimar it says haloi koy dvar ka'esh nu umashem. My words are like fire, says Hashem. Loi malacho ma'esh ain not doilek yechidi af dibrei Torah ain miskaim bechidi. Just as you can't make a fire from one piece of wood, so too you can't have a talmud chacham from one piece of wood. Behind it, Amar Rabbi Yosi Bar Chanina. So too, and this is what Rabbi Yosi Bar Chanina says. My dear, what does it mean when it's written cherev? It will be a sword, El Abanim, to those who are alone, Venivalu, and they will become fools. Cherev al Soneim shall Tamidei Chachomim, it will be a sword against the enemies of Tamidei Chachomim. Now, when you see in the Gomorrah, Soneim shall, it's actually a euphemism. We're going to see it. This is Soneim shall Tamidei Chachomim, the enemies of Tamidei Chachomim. We don't want to speak about Tamidei Chachomim in a negative way, so we're referring to their enemies. But really, we, this is in regards to Tamidei Chachomim. We'll see again, Soneim shall Yisrael. We see that a few times in Shas, the enemies of Yisrael. Now, Something bad will happen to them. Now, obviously, sadly, we're referring to Bnei Israel, but it's a euphemism, a nice way of saying it. So, what's a sword to Talmidei Chachamim? She'oiskim bad bevad b'Torah who learn alone. Ella, she'metavshin. Not only that, it makes them fools. I, someone who learns alone, 
becomes a full. I think this is specifically in the years when you're growing and developing your learning because we see many older sages on primarily learn by themselves. Could be maybe they fulfill the requirement to learn. There's a discussion whether a safer, if you're learning from a safer, maybe that can count as learning with someone because remember they primarily used to learn off by heart. It was all the oral Torah, literally the oral Torah. We have the oral Torah, but it's written down. So they are leniencies but primarily a person should learn with another person i think the obvious advantage there are many advantages but the obvious advantage is you don't make silly mistakes and also you come to analyze it that much more carefully because if i say something you're going to check do you understand it and then you're going to suggest something and i'm going to have to check well does that make sense and obviously the easy mistakes will be weeded will be uh, um removed but even it will reach a deeper level of learning automatically Okay, but there and so that's so they become full as it says, they will become fools. It says, not only that, it's they will come to sin or it will be as if they sin. It's, we see that no'alnu has the connotations of sin, and another source that it will sin. It says, the offices of Tsa'on became fools or heels for he to as Mitraim and they led me trim they led me try astray but Noalu again in this context is closer to sin. Okay, so learning alone is very bad. Why are the words of Torah compared to to wood? Interesting, we're gonna see on this page a few things that the words of Torah are compared to. I mean we've seen uh, fire, now we're seeing wood, we're gonna see a few others. Um so why is fire? Why is the Torah compared to wood? Shenemar eitzchaim ilamach hazikim boys. It says eitzchaim ilamach hazikim boy. Says loimar lechot to tell you ma eitz cotton madly sakodol after midai chachomim ketanim mechadim esakdolim. Just as small pieces of wood lighten the bigger wood. Again, when you're building a fire, you start with the twigs and you build up till you get to the logs. You use matches to light twigs, to light sticks, to light uh, logs. And so too, small Tamidah Chachomim sharpen, bring about Chochme in the greater Tamidah Chachomim. And this is what Rabbi Hanina says. says, I learned a lot from my Rebbe's, but I learned from my colleagues more than my Rebbe's, and from my students I learned more than everyone. I think the simple explanation is the way students ask questions, when we go into a sugi, we have a whole lot of preconceived ideas, we take a lot for granted, etc. But students who are just starting to learn are excited. Every point is novel and new and they're asking on it and challenging and trying to just get it. Um, and that really stimulates thought and clarity. Rabbi Hanina bar Papa Romixiv. Rabbi Hanina bar Papa raised the contradiction between two psukim. He says, Likra soma mayim. And bring water to those who are thirsty. And it says, all who are thirsty, come to water. So which one is it? Should you spread the Torah? Or should you keep the Torah for yourself? Or should they have to come and find the Torah? So he says, no. If he's a worthy student, then you should go to him to teach him, give him the waters of the Torah. But if he's not such a worthy student, he must come and Find it. The Marsha says, granted a Rav has to, um, the Marsha, yeah, says, granted the Rav has to push away students who aren't appropriate to learn, they should try and get back into the Torah. They should try work towards reacceptance by the Rav. 
Um, that's and I was thinking on that. If we see, yeah, okay, uh, let's go on. Rabbi Chanina Bar Chama Romi Ksiv. He raised another contradiction. Rabbi Chanina Bar Chama raised the contradiction. My um, you should spread your wellsprings outwards. They should be for you alone. So again, which one is it? Should you spread Torah or should you keep it to yourself? So in Talmud, if he's a worthwhile Talmud, you should spread your waters outwards to him. And if not, you should keep them to yourselves. You shouldn't share the Torah with these students who aren't worthy. There's a big discussion of and the Rambam brings, if a student doesn't have Derech Eretz, you can't teach him Torah. You first got to teach him good midos, good qualities, good character traits, and then you can teach him Torah. Again, I think, um, I guess this could tie back to, if you learn Torah for the correct motivations, it's a Samachayim, it brings life. But if you learn it for the wrong motivations, it's a Samamoves. Um Rabbi Hanina Bar-Idi said, Why are the words of Torah compared to water? As it's written, Anyone thirsty, go to water, go to Torah. Just as water flows from a higher place to a lower place, so to Torah only settles in those who are humble. Uh, not someone who's full of himself, someone who views himself lowly, humble, that sort of person, is who Torah will stay with. Why is water compared to the following three liquids? Water, wine, and milk. Dilsev, as it's written, says go and buy and eat go and buy without money and without any any price wine and milk remember Torah doesn't cost anything to acquire I mean you don't have to have any money or anything like that so therefore we see milk um, Torah, milk and wine the Torah is compared to milk and wine so this is so, but again why is it compared to water milk and wine just as these liquids are stored in the most lowly of kalim so too Torah only stays in those who are datoshvela who are humble lowly of who view themselves who are yeah, who are humble. Could the Omra lay, and this is similar to the story of Barte de Kaiser, Yeshua ben Chanina, Chanania, that the daughter of the Caesar said to Yeshua ben Chanania, Sorry, How can you have such a splendorous wisdom in such a repulsive vessel? Rabbi Yeshua ben Chanania was very ugly. So she was saying, it's, it's phenomenal. The Torah, the most beautiful wisdom, is in the most ugly vessels. He says, Rami He says, but wait, your father keeps his wine in earthenware vessels. The most lowly of vessels. He says, Omre Lay. Yeah, sorry. Um, Omre So he says, so what should it be stored in? So Omre Lay said to her, Asun the Chashivu Rami, well, you who one of the noble, the noblemen of Rome, but money to Dava the Kasper, you should store your wine in gold and silver jars, uh, jags. 
So Ozla Amre Leilavua, so she went and told her father and they did this Ramyala Khamra Bibne Bimane Dava Vakaspa Vitokif Vasu Amrale. And then all the wine after it had been stored in gold and silver turned sour and they went and told the Caesar, this nobleman. So he said to his daughter, who gave you this advice? Who told you that you should store the wine in uh, gold and silver kalim? So Amrlei, Rabbi Shoben Chananya. So Koro and Amrlei, Amai Motalachi. So she said it was Rabbi Shoben Chananya. So they brought him in and said, why did you tell her this? He says, Amrlei, Ki Hechi. So Amrlei, Ki Hechi I said to her what she said to me. Sorry, Amra. Just what she said to me, I said to her. Um, what's he saying? We see that Torah, I mean, he's saying that Torah actually only stays in ugly people. And she was saying, and that's what he said. So it's the same as wine and oil, wine and milk. And oil can't be stored, sorry, wine. Wine, water, and oil, you don't store in fancy kalim, you store it in the lowly kalim. And wine actually turns sour if you store it in gold or silver. You have to store it in earthenware. So he says, Oh, but there are many people who are beautiful and do learn. I mean, the Gemara speaks about Yaakov Avinu, it speaks about Rabbi Yochanan's phenomenal beauty, except we find it phenomenal Tamidei Chachomim who are beautiful. So, I have a He says, No, if they were ugly, they would have learned much more. So interesting, according to, on the surface, Rashi seems to say, uh, well, yeah, what is, what's he seems to say? Yeah, you can have phenomenal Tamidei Chachomim, but can you imagine how great they would have been if they were, were ugly? Rashi explains because a, a very handsome person can't view himself as lowly. He's like, has that mental block. He has that, uh, and as we've seen, that Torah only settles in those who are lowly. Um, oh, yeah, Rashi says, the issue, sorry, Rashi says, It's impossible for someone who's very handsome, to humble himself, and therefore he'll come to forget the Torah. Tosos over the page seem to imply more like the Maharsha uh, else, elsewhere says, is that it's not really whether the person is beautiful or not, or handsome or not. It's more to do their, to their approach to beauty. Obviously, um, beautiful people or handsome people naturally give more credibility to beauty and that's a distortion and therefore they're less likely to have success in their learning. Whereas, but again, it's not, but handsome people who have the correct approach to beauty will definitely be able to learn as well as anyone else. Okay, another comparison between water and these three liquids. They turn bad with hesechadas. I, if you stop looking after them, they turn bad. Rashi explains they're very liquid. So as soon as the f- little bit of dirt or anything falls in, it gets mixed in and ruins the whole thing. It says, So to divrei Torah is only forgotten with Hesechadas. You have to constantly review what you're learning, constantly review, constantly have your mind on your Torah. Otherwise, you forget it. Um, again, and this would be these three liquids, unlike if you imagine honey. If let's say some dirt falls on honey, you can just scrape off the top layer. It doesn't sink in and you have the rest of the honey. But if dirt falls into water, it drips, it goes through the all, it sinks into the water and ruins the whole water. And so to, so that's the, that's another comparison. Now we're going back to remember how great the day of rain is. Rain is as great as the day of creation. Kiyom Shenivra Shemayim Vaaret. Shenemar is the pot success. 
Harifo Shamayim Mimal, the heavens will pour out from above. Shokim Yizlu Tzedek and the hearts will pour out, will drip with righteousness. Tiftach Eretz V'yifru Yeshet Stoker, the earth will open up its mouth and it will sprout um, salvation and Tzedaka. Tatzmich Yachad it will sprout them together. I am Hashem who created. It doesn't say created them, either heavens and earth. I created it. What's the subject of the Pasuk? The rain. So we see that Hashem recalls, refers to the whole of creation as it, the rain. So we see how great um, the day of rain is. We see that rain is so great. A day of rain is so great because salvation multiplies in it. When it rains, the earth will open its mouth and salvation will will, will, um, will it will produce salvation. The, bene, the rain only comes down if the sins of Bnei Israel are forgiven. Shinemar, as it says, Rotsiso Hashem Artsacho, Hashem, you have shown favor to your land. Are you bring rain? Shavtoshvus Yaakov, you have returned, or Shavus Yaakov, you have returned the captivity of Yaakov. Nososo Avonamecho, you have forgiven the sin of your nation. Kosiso Ekol Chatosom Selo, and forgiven or hidden all their sins. So you see, Hashem gives favor to his land. He brings rain when Bnei Israel are sinned. This is going to lead us um, to and down um, down a further discussion on this. Most of the rest of the stuff of what causes rain to not come. Again, as I said, this is more uh, spiritually. This uh, this is more in Eretz Israel. Obviously, other nations that would have ramifications whether Hashem wants to give them rain or not. But primarily in Eretz Israel and primarily with the Jews, rain is very tied into their connection to the um, their connection to Hashem. Are they sinning or are they doing tshuva? Um, oh, sorry. This is another proof for the above. Is um, the pasuk says when you. The heavens have heard that you have forgiven the sins, and the apostle continues, When Asata Matara Atam, I when Bene Israel are forgiven, then the rain will come. Omribitanchum Bereder of Khia, Ishkfara Koribitanchum, the son of Ribikhia from Akko said, Ainagashomim Netrim Elohim came this Khaivu Sonam Shall Israel clear. The rain is only stopped, I there's a drought, rain doesn't come unless Sonam Shall Israel, again that's the euphemism for Israel. Is deserving of destruction. Shneimar is the apostle. The heat, the dryness and the heat will steal the waters of the snow. They have sinned to the depths. I when, when the summer, remember in Israel again, the rainy season is in winter. So when the hot, dry days steal from the days of snow, I the hot, dry days continue into the winter season. That's because Sha'ol Chato, the sin, sinners are deserving Gehenim. Oh, that's your source? We have another source for the same idea. The heavens will stop 
and you will be destroyed. Ah, oh, we see it's the heavens stop because they need to be destroyed. No. Rain is stopped when B'nai Israel aren't careful with the Truma and Masras. Again, it's very hard if you think about it. You, you do your whole harvest and all of a sudden you've got to start separating 10, uh, 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 2% for the Kohanim, another 10% for the Levim, another 10% for, to take up to Yerushalayim or for the I mean, It gets hard. But if you're not careful with Trumas and Masros, it causes the rain to stop, which is, I mean, that's an easy one to see, Mida Kenegad Mida, because that comes, your produce grows from the rain. So if you're not uh, fulfilling the mitzvahs with your produce, well then um, you're going to lose out on the um, you're going to not get rain. But where do we see this? Shenemar is the Pasuk The dryness and the heat steal from the days of the of the snow. It says my mashma, how do we see that? Says no. Tanad veir bishmol. The bishmol. The yeshiva of bishmol explained. Bishvil dvarim sheti veisiets can be moisachama because of the things that I commanded you in the summer, I in the season when you gathering your produce. The law of system and you didn't do that. Yigzulu michem mei mei shelig b'moisagashomim. The snow, the days of snow, will be stolen from you in the winter. I again, if you don't do what you're supposed to do in the summer when you thresh and etc. your produce, then in winter you're going to lose out. Rain is only stopped because of those who speak Lashon Hora. Shanemar is the post says, The north wind stops the rain. And that is Hashem shows anger to those who speak in secret, those who speak Lashon Hora. Okay, another, so that's another another Avera that seems to bring stop rain. Now an, an, an additional one. Omar of Salah, Omar of Amnuna, Rav Salah said name of Rav Amnuna, It's brazenness that stops rain. Shenemar, as it says, the showers were withhold, and the, the Malkush rain did not come. Because of the forehead of the prostitute, a woman who was a prostitute. Now the metzach, the forehead of the prostitute is an allusion to brazenness. That's the, the connotation of the forehead. So anyone who is brazen will come to stumble in sin. Shinemar is the says, the forehead of an Isha will be to you. Rav Nachman Omer, not that he will sin, not that a brazen person will sin, but that you can basically be confident that they have already sinned. It says that was to you instead of saying will be to you. So a brazen person will have already committed the Avera with the Zona. Anyone who has Azus Ponim, you're allowed to call them a Rosha. And generally, it's an Avera to call someone a Rosha. You might even be allowed to lash another Jew who calls a Jew a Rosha. However, if they're brazen, you can't. It says, To the brazen man, say he's a Rosha in front of him. Um, so not only that, you're allowed to hate him. And we know, never mind that, you're not allowed to hate a Jew in general. But however, a brazen person, you're allowed to. Literally, a brazen face will change, but I'll take Yisne. Don't read it as change, read it as a brazen person you can hate.
Okay, so that's, um, that's I mean, obviously there's a lot more to discuss on this middle of brazenness. Um, but, uh, yeah, but let's go on to another reason that rain, rain is stopped. Rain is stopped because of Bittul Torah. People not learning when they should. Shneemar, it says, Now, he's going to change the word. Because of the laziness of Bnei Yisrael that did not learn Torah. The enemies of Hashem, it's them, these enemies of Hashem make him poor. Obviously, we don't want to say Hashem becomes poor, but it's as if, um, so, those enemies of Hashem become poor. How does Hashem become poor? Because He doesn't provide rain for man. It says, Moch refers to poor. Shinemar says, If He's too poor to pay the amount. And the Makore refers to Hashem. Shinemar says, Who roofed His heavens with water. I Hashem separated the water and made the heavens in water. So that's referring to Hashem. So what are we saying? The laziness of people makes Hashem poor. I makes Hashem not give them rain. Hashem's bracha, as we've seen, comes largely through the rain. And that is, Hashem won't give that if people are, if there's bitul Torah. Rabbi Yosef, Omar Mahach, Rabbi Yosef gives a different source. He says, or. They never saw light. Bohir hu um, bright in the clouds, in the skies, Baruch Avra and the wind passes, um, the wind passes by and blows them away. Vain or Elo Torah or refers to Torah. Shenemar as it says, Kiner mitzvah Torah or Ner mitzvah, the light is a candle and the mitzvah is a candle and the Torah is light. And Bohir Hu Bishchokim, Tanit Vayishmal, and regarding Bohir Hu Bishchokim, the Vayishmal explain, Afilu Bishashir Okia Nase Bukhurim Bukhurim. Burin burin, even if there are many clouds, talumoto to bring down rain, ruach a wind will blow and clear the sky. Okay, so this is different opinions of the source that rain that rain is stopped for Bittul Torah. Rain is stopped because of theft. Shenemar it says al kapayim kiso. Or, literally, we'd read it as the clouds hides the light. Or, or here means the rain. It says, Through the sin of the hands, I through theft, the or is hidden. Kapayim refers to Hamas, that is, the um, Hamas refers to robbery and theft. Shinemar says, Umina Hamas Asher the robbery that was in their hands. Or Elamotor, and Or can refer to rain. Shinemar says, Yofitz Anan Oro, the cloud will spread its light. Cloud spread rain, so cloud. So what do we see? So let's just read that Posuk again. Al Kapayim, for Hamas, for robbery, Kisa Or, rain is covered, rain is hidden. Now, Maita Conte, so what's the solution? Yarbe bit filoso. Davin. Shenemar as it says, V'yitzavu leo b'mafkia. V'ein pegia elo tfile shenema v'to al tizbalel b'oda hayom v'oda hamazev al tifkabi. He commanded them regarding it to mafkia. And this word mafkia refers to tfile as Hashem told Moshe. Um, I thought it was Moshe, but no, it's not. He says, don't daven for these people and don't... Um, 
Don't daven for these people anymore. And don't tifkabi. Don't beseech me. So don't daven. So that's uh, another teaching and a source that uh, rain um, rain is stopped for theft. So we've listed a few. Obviously, we have to analyze what's the connection between these avarus and rain. But amongst them was loss and horror, um, theft, brazenness, and um, what was it? Uh, Bittul Torah. So there were another two or so, but those are some of the avarus that cause rain to be stopped. I would, I would, I would suggest that a lot of these avarus show a separation, B'nai Yisrael and Hashem, and therefore, I guess any avarus shows that, and or a lack of. Yeah, I have to think about it a bit more. But what's the connection between all these avarus and rain? The trumas and masras, as we said, is clear because you only get the produce to give trumas and masras if there's rain. So it makes sense. But all the others, we have to analyze that. We'll leave it there for today. Have a very good Shabbos.